You got an open friend? I do. Um, just please bear with me for this open. For this week's movie, I would like to uh, sing a classic. <laughs> you did this shit last Alexis, week. <laughs> please, please. No, no, it's a Negro spiritual. It's good. What? <laughs> I want to sing a Negro spiritual. All right. I'll okay. do it. Mm. <laughs> Please. I'm Mama. sorry. I'm going to <laughs> recuse myself. <laughs> Is Massa going to sell us in the morning? Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> Sydney, for the sake of the listeners, I have to stop you. You sound like <laughs> if who who was that that made the brandy Cinderella? You sound like if that person had made roots. Like, <laughs> that's what that sounds like. It sounds like a Disney fairy tale slavery. It's not good. <laughs> we already have Chitlin in the name. We can't have people turning on the listening to Negro spirituals. They'll be very confused about what it is we do here. Okay. Well, I pulled that from um, Bringing Down the House. Queen Latifah, remember when the old white lady came to dinner? Um, and I thought it was appropriate oh for this. This movie is not based on like slavery or anything like that, but it is Negro based. So I wanted to see <laughs> Negro. <laughs> the Negro From now on, when people ask me what type of podcast I host, I'm going to say a Negro based podcast. <laughs> Negro based? <laughs> what does that mean? You know, they were talking about, you know, West Indian and like, you know, the the, the voodoo spirituality, all that Negroness. That's Negro based. <laughs> well, now that you've given us a little bit of a segue here, could could you tell everyone what it is we watched this week, Sydney? Yes. <clears throat> Thanks for hanging in there with us uh, for this week's cold open. But this week we tuned into Brown Girl Begins, available on Hulu. Written and directed by Sharon Lewis, starring Mona Traore, Nigel Sean Williams, Shakura Saida, and Emmanuel Kabongo. All right, let's start the show. The new Chitlin Circuit. Welcome back to the new Chitlin Circuit, the only podcast dedicated to Black indies only. My name is Lex. And I'm Sid. And each week we review a black independent or low budget movie. Just for y'all. So y'all know the drill. If you knew, here's how we're going to do things. We're going to kick it off with our 60 second challenge this week. want to shout out our latest sponsor, you, the listener. We appreciate y'all for tuning in every single Monday. Uh, just to continue showing your support of the show, leave five stars and a comment on Apple Podcast. All right. Alexis. Are you ready to explain the plot of Brown Girl Begins in 60 seconds or less? I really hope so. I do too, girl. Okay. <laughs> Let's 60 go. seconds. All right. So in the dystopian future, a young girl, 18, 19 years old, mm-hmm. named Tijan, is in this like island of like off the coast of Toronto um, mm-hmm. because they... Her people have been cast out of Toronto at some point in history. And 
the only thing to protect them against their oppressors is like um spirits like spiritual protection Mm -hmm. and she is apparently in a long like lineage of chosen like spirit vessels her mom was a chosen vessel and her grandma is like the head like witch you know like the head like witch lady and she's a healer and stuff like this so Tijon has a mission she's chosen to take on this task but it's so scary because she's young this is like she's still coming of age and she has to like take on the spirit possession of oh damn it that's her time um did I go over yeah uh you did but continue because we want we want to we want to hear you sum it up but uh now I'm all demoralized she has to Face her fears after she lost her mother to be strong enough to save her people against the spirit uh, enemies. I can't believe I went over. I really thought I could last deeper into the season without like going over <laughs> 60 seconds. I did too. Um, well, well, that's one strike. Yep. <laughs> strike one. Yeah. yeah, Sydney has me on a three strike rule. If I go over three times in one season, I'm out of here. She's gonna. <laughs> it's curtains for you. Hang it up. Flat screen. Uh, no, that's how you clear a bitch because you're out of here. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sydney. And I won't linger on this. I won't dwell. Now that you guys know, now that you all know what happened in the movie, we're gonna get on into our thoughts on it. How about that, Sid? Yeah. Sydney, what did you think of Brown Girl Begins? Overall, I like this movie. Um, I honestly, I think this is like the first kind of like sci-fi fantasy film we've reviewed. So I was really excited about that. Just from reading the premise and uh, like through watching the movie, I thought this would have made like a bomb ass like YA book series, and I would have like soaked this up as a teenager. Uh, come to find out it is based off of a book. So I will be checking that out at some point. Um, and I think the storytelling of this, uh, it translated well to the screen as well. Um, I was a little confused at parts, but I just think it was it was a little slow in some scenes. And I was like, okay, so what are we getting at here? There's a lot of those moments. But um, Sharon Lewis, the woman, her like biggest thing I looked her up was that she just wants to make art and things that, inspire her or that she's passionate about and I think that came across uh really well in this movie so I'm excited to get into more scenes uh but how did you feel on your watch of Brown Girl Begins? Before I say so I just want to express my gratitude for having you as my co-host because you'd be doing the research (laughs) I really appreciate that that's good uh context for me to consume this movie with to know that that's the filmmaker's view and I I see that I pick Mm -hmm. up on that so thank yeah. you for bringing in that. Um, I overall, I thought the movie was pretty, like, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, my first note, like my, just my general note is shout out to Canada for creativity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and I'm not the the biggest sci-fi fan, but I, I do like good sci-fi just because it's mm-hmm. so creative and like you get to create your own world, you know? Right. Um, right. And the tale was interesting. I think it's an interesting premise to blend futuristic dystopia 
with mm-hmm. like centuries old like occult and like folktale like spirit yeah. stuff you know this stuff yeah. is old you know right, um right. but yeah overall i thought the movie i thought it was very creative and interesting i do have to mm-hmm. say i think i was a bit underwhelmed um throughout the movie i i was all same the whole time i was kind of waiting for another thing to happen and mm-hmm. i don't know what mm-hmm. that thing is because admittedly while when we watch dramas and romances i'm like yeah. <laughs> no i know what beats this story is supposed to hit because i watch so many dramas and romances but because i don't watch right. a whole lot of sci-fi i didn't know what it what i was what it was i was waiting for but i do know that a good bit of what i was waiting for i didn't get Mm -hmm. Um, that makes sense but yeah and i think that's just a matter of taste like i don't think the movie was bad i just like because i'm not that versed in sci-fi it it limited my ability to really sink in i like that it's good perspective so you're ready to get into the scenes of the movie now that everyone knows what we think about it on the whole you ready to get into some of the nitty-gritty i am let's let's do it here on the new chitlin circuit we like to start with with the first scene and we have yeah. our protagonist uh, is uh, Tijan. Tijan, yep. Tijan. Um, she's laying it out for us. She's laying out what what happened over these past years, and we're getting some really like it's exposition, sure, but like the what the visual components of the movie are really engaging. Did you buy yeah, into are. like the alternate dystopia, like the future thing? It did. It really reminded me throwback to like. Um, Xenon Girl of the Future on the Ooh. Disney Channel. Just how like those movies opened up were real cool and futuristic and you hear Xenon narrating like, and here's my family. We live on this spaceship because <laughs> however many years ago, Earth was no longer safe. It's like, okay, so mm-hmm. how we going? Tijan, where y'all living at now? That really opened up that door uh, for me and brought back that lovely memory of the past, which Xenon was a great series as well. Yeah, you are so like you really just be knocking out of the park with the parallels. I wouldn't even thought of that. That you're right. That did, that did kind of ring that bell for me. I was bought in because at the end of the her explaining how they got kicked out of mainland Toronto and how they ended up in this mm-hmm. situation. Um, at the end of it, she goes, "That's where my mother ended and where I begin." And then it's, we see yeah. Bungo begins. Bungo begins. But the thing about mm-hmm. it is, the reason I was bought in, I realized after the movie ended. Mm-hmm. Was because this should be a TV show, like it should. That kind of the explanation she gave for the social situation was kind of like Avatar: The Last Airbender. You know, like at okay. one point we all ex- like coexisted peacefully. That's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. Oh, and I really want this is um not very relevant to the movie, but what I want to know is how the hell did Drake let this happen? I thought you ran Toronto. <laughs> like, you really let our people get kicked out like that. Like, what is Drake? Where are you? Are you were you in Houston this weekend? What's mm. going on? <laughs> Sydney, you're <laughs> on the fucking ball this episode. <laughs> this is all Drake's fault. He is he not the fault. designated savior of all of Ontario? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> like, uh. huh. Yeah. <laughs> but so she's laying out, you know, the the lay of the land that Drake just let go to shit in 2030. <laughs> and she's in 2049 now. Uh-huh. And we see immediately that her main struggle is going to be trying to take on the responsibility of her yep. spiritual calling, you know? 
She right. saw her mom try and take that responsibility in like the ritual ceremony and her mom died. Died. Yeah. That was crazy. And I think at this point in the movie, that's when I said, okay, I was in because I thought it was going to, obviously she's going to be the savior for people. I, I, fig- I figured that would be the ending of this, but I also wanted to uh, see her journey to becoming the vessel uh, that's what they're calling here, the vessel for her people and how she got there. Because it seemed like, you know, at least within the first 20 minutes of the movie is when she gets to the ceremony portion of it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, wait a minute, girl. You're not ready. You're not prepared. You've been flirting all movie. Yeah. You, you was not ready for And this. your studying has just been scrolling through pictures on this iPad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which was interesting. That's an interesting production design, like a prop choice, because I think in my head, it's, it's subversive. It's unexpected because I would expect Mm -hmm. her like grandma to pull out a big ass book with like tattered paper to say, you know, study these spells, study the history of our lineage. But no, it's iPad coming. It's 2049. Right. They they was exiled in 2030. You know, Tim Cook, they probably had 10 more iPads from now to 2030 that's going to come out. So Mm -hmm. they got what they need. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that was good shout out to the, the production design department of the movie the art department of the movie um <laughs> and very true i think this is what made me realize at the end of the movie that i would actually just like to see this as a series like as a tv show because yeah. i wanted to see that trial and error that you're talking about you know and it's similar to if if you're listening now and you're interested in seeing something mm-hmm. like this as a tv show the Juju series, which is available on Amazon Prime, is just that. Uh, it's literally some young black girls having to like take on spiritual, uh-huh. like um, what's the word? Like powers <laughs> to fight yeah, yeah, evil. Yeah. And they just get stuck in mm. some shit. You know who's good at making shows like this that's real dark but also interesting? The Ooh. CW. They should pick mm. this up. You right. You right. This would <laughs> this a lot of these scenes, especially the the set design of like the inside of the grandma's, um, like with that blue light, yeah, like that was like, very like black layer, lightning. It was very black lightning. Yeah. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> wow. So we see that, and we get to the opening ceremony, which is what they call is it, that's where she's supposed to be possessed by Papa Leg Legba Leg Legba Papa. Legba, Papa Legba. Mm-hmm. Legba, which is a real like voodoo um, like spirit. Like that's a real thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Ah. And they got it pretty act because I looked it up and I was like, how much of this is like influenced by actual like voodoo? And yeah, yeah. Papa Legba is it's just that the information that sh- the grandma gave Tijan was true. Papa mm-hmm. Legba often, you know, is wears like a brim, like a straw hat, smokes a pipe, uh-huh. has a cane. He's a trickster, you know. Ah. Shout yeah, out to so I, I think the, the filmmaker, she's uh from Trinidad. So shout out to her. Now, what I don't necessarily have uh understanding on, because and you know, I'm not gonna lie, like I said, not only am I not incredibly well versed in um like traditional African or like Caribbean uh voodoo spirituality, I'm also not mm-hmm. very well versed in sci-fi. So I'm not right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So right. many of my, if you guys have seen this movie and I'm about to completely misinterpret something, like reach out, let us know, uh, at, <laughs> at me on Twitter and let me, let me know how wrong I am at TNCC pod. <laughs> um, 
I didn't understand the the crack in the buff thing. Like, I didn't understand what part of this, because I don't know what part of this is already a part of voodoo tradition and what part of this is like the creative work of the filmmaker. Yeah, I, same. I didn't know what was allegory and what was just like something that actually exists. <laughs> like, right, right. you know, yeah. like crack. Why why they name I understand because she's cracking the whip and cracking the whip, right. Maybe it's a double entendre. Like of I think so the villain's name is crack because she cracks the whip. I I that's what I thought was the reasoning behind it, at least. Yeah. But that's weird because the villain, though light skinned, is black. Mm-hmm. So. And all the people that were ousted from Toronto, at least I assume they were black people, because that's how yeah. it usually go down. And Rudy, like the the like head, like evil person who never really who never made an actual appearance. I'm I'm thinking that Rudy is more like a spirit thing. Is black too? Seems like if spirits have a race. Well, you know, like we said before, this is Negro based, so I'm going to assume that Rudy was black. I guess one thing that I was missing was more of I I think Disney has like Disney and Marvel have ruined me when it comes to. <laughs> movies with a villain because i'm always expecting the villain to give a speech to let me know who they are right, i need, I need some kind of a, a monologue backstory because i want to know why you're evil that's yeah. what i need and there's <laughs> a point true. in the movie after because tijan's supposed to go through this open ceremony and take mm-hmm. on the spirit of papa Legba so that she could defeat crack but right. she runs. And at this point, I'm so bought in. Because I'm like, no, girl, don't run. Your people need you. Right, right. <laughs> I said, where you going to go? Are you going with that boy? What he going to do? Uh-huh. Which the movie like sets up in the beginning for us not to trust Tony, like, the boy. Right. I'm like, right. I don't trust him. He could be anybody. And He was fine. Shout out to Tony. Yeah. There's a point in the movie where Tijan's like, helping some folks. There's Brookfoot uh, Sam. And yep. there's a lot of patois in the movie. Um, there is, yeah. And damn, Melba uh, ass strung out <laughs> streets. This is what you said, damn Melba. <laughs> damn Melba ass and strung out. <laughs> Off the buff. <laughs> Off the buff. And uh, t helping her. It's helping one of them. And Crack comes and has t cornered. Cornered. Yeah. And I'm expecting her. A face off. I'm expe- yeah, I'm expecting crack to say to up the stakes or let me know some background but neither happened like i was expecting crack to be like this like i don't really know what crack and rudy are doing or like what their end goal is and it was also that's why i said too it was a little confusing like in my like opening thoughts because we i thought what would the i guess the end goal here was to of course save for tijan to save her people but then at some point to like um, destroy the barrier around Toronto and they, you know, get back into the city limits. Mm-hmm. And it just, that never surfaced in the movie. They never even went over into Toronto. They just kind of like stay after she defeated the crack. And I guess Rudy too, if unless Rudy and the crack is kind of like um, from Princess and the Frog to Spirit Man and the spirits, once you de- defeat the Spirit Man, the spirits go away too. You know, yeah. so look at Disney really really trying to i'm trying to pull yeah, it out that's exactly where i got confused too i have a note that's like i need halfway through the movie tijan is spending her time fucking tony which is good for you girl and 
making potions like a magical like potion that like um like you know the drugs they give people in rehab to sober up and make withdrawal easy it's kind of like that so people aren't so dependent on the drug the the buff um but that's all she's doing and I'm I got lost because I was like well I kind of need to know what it is she's working toward and what the end goal is because like how is is it all of their goal to defeat to to defeat crack because y'all said that Rudy made crack and if y'all kill crack Rudy just gonna make another bitch exactly and where the hell is Rudy is Rudy like the whiz and he's Richard Pryor up in the house but he don't really got no powers Mm. yeah and I don't know what his like if if it was their goal just to keep everybody on the on the you know little dirty island outside of Toronto just to keep them contained and down pressed then I really feel like he would have set up more of a structure to do that <laughs> like there's right, a way to right. do that you know like go for yeah so I didn't get like the world building part I got how they I understood how they got there but I didn't understand where they go from there or what it would like, what does it mean to be strong enough to defeat crack? What we see throughout the movie as she's making the uh, potion or the the elixir against Buff to help these people wean themselves off the drug, she's at the same time kind of completing her training with Papa Legba to, you know, become strong enough to be his vessel and then, you know, defeat the evil crack and save her people. But it also isn't really clear because I just think Papa Legba is popping up to be like, all right, girl, time for you to get back to the village and get to studying because we got to do another ceremony. Uh, your grandma looking for you. And if you don't get back, everybody going to die anyway. Yeah. Uh, so towards the middle of the movie, I actually had to take a break because I said, I don't really know what's happening here. Maybe I'll come back and then, you know, 10 minutes later and figure it out. I never did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think there was a a lapse in like not even storytelling but like uh, what's the word I want I'm looking for just a lapse in the writing like what what's yeah. happening from point A to point B here like after she runs away from camp which took 20 minutes yeah. the last hour we just seeing her give people the buff elixir yeah and then all of a sudden she's strong <laughs> yeah it was just like instant and yeah it was a uh, it, she could have had like a proper, well, not proper, like, you know, like a more structured, like hero journey. You know, yeah. you leave, you get strong, you come back, you defeat the big mm-hmm. bad, you carry on, you run it things. Like, <laughs> like that right. could be <laughs> right. what she right. could have did. But I, I, I don't know. But because it just, the beats were off. You know, we didn't get the, like, I was looking for maybe a first fight with crack. And then, mm-hmm. you know, clearly she was about to lose, but she gets saved by the bell. And then she goes yeah. train up, get stronger. Like, I was right. really disappointed that the grandma wasn't around during most of the movie. Because the grandma Same. was, like, the to, like the first 20 minutes, I was relying on the grandma. I was like, girl, I need you to tell me what's up. Like, I, you is my strength. Like, we behind right, the blue right. bottles. We good. Like, I felt safe <laughs> in the grandma's presence. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I, I do wish we would have gotten some kind of, like, a 
it's maybe cheesy, but like a, a little uh, montage of Tijan's journey to building to becoming strong enough, which is back to like the the classic hero tale. So you get your ass up one time, and that's it. Because I'm not getting mm-hmm. my ass up twice. So I'm going back. I'm going back with Grandma. I'm training. I'm actually studying. I'm leaving Tony's trifling ass behind. Mm-hmm. And we coming back and we whooping some ass for the last thirty minutes. That's what I thought was going to happen. It didn't. It was. It was very, just like monotonous up into that. Just her going about her daily life outside of the safe bubble, and then she has the strength. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was um, that was a bit of a letdown for me because I was I was hoping like they had built up crack so much. Like in my notes, I started calling crack Krenak. Um, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man, this is a big bad bitch. How's she gonna, how's she gonna take crack down?" And then I see right. crack, and she looks like my uh, eighth grade English teacher. And, <laughs> and the final like takeout of the big bad is one punch that bless the actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actress is heart uh, Mona uh, Tiore. Tior- Treore, yeah. Treore. Because <laughs> she did great the whole movie and she's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> but the she punch is. was, her feet were planted on the ground when she did <laughs> She didn't put her <laughs> hips into the punch. It was very unconvincing. <laughs> it was a punch and she said something mean to crack. <laughs> That's how she did crack. Well, crack fell a hell out though, didn't she? So hell, she it did was fall I don't know what it is that's so funny about when you and me say when anybody says like fell out. Like, something's oh funny about that phrase. So that girl fall out at the cookout, girl. <laughs> like my last note, because the when we were just talking about expecting a villain speech, like a doofenshmirtz mm-hmm. speech, <laughs> right? Like tell me your plan while you have me trapped here. Right. <laughs> Was my last note? It says Melba laid out. <laughs> And then it would be a good time while Melba laid out for Crack to tell us what the hell her and Rudy is so trying to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the movie, like, this was a very whimsical, like, thing. And it was, you know, you, you know, an important conversation piece here. Mm. Hmm. Is during the movie, Angle, like, because, you know, I'm, I'm real, like, scary so stuff is popping yeah. up on the screen of spirits and stuff is a little scary and like i stopped for a second just like be like bro why that's crazy that i'm just like propagandized like that to where like uh-huh. my own like like people like anything spiritual from black people is evil in this in this culture like that's what we all grew right. up like you voodoo dolls like you know shit like mm-hmm. that but no, it's actually, there's nothing wrong with that. And like, it's very powerful forces and it's a long, long, like lineage, long, long tradition. And there's so. nothing evil about it. So this is, this is the type of content we need to change that narrative. Agreed. Uh, Cause I also, uh, every time Papa Legba ass popped up on the screen, I said, well, damn, nigga, put a bell on him or something. Cause he <laughs> is scared. Ray, he gonna be mm. at my dreams tonight talking about something. Is you ready to be the vessel? No, no. Keep <laughs> talking to me like that. I am not ready. Ooh, yeah. but shout out to the actor Nigel Sean Williams because he played uh, three different characters. He was Papa Legba, uh, Breakfast Sam, and Jab Jab. Mm-hmm. Yep. He actually. Yep. Yeah. He did great. I um 
One thing that I would have liked to see uh, in the movie in terms of world building is I would like to know what they eat. Oh, like there was a few time. scenes when they were trying, like Tony and Tijan were like in his warehouse apartment. They were, I guess, trying to let us know that they were cooking. But like we only ever saw Tijan, like she, there was a scene she ate an apple. And there was another scene where she, I think, was about to eat a banana. But mm-hmm. we never saw them eat any other food. And we know that there was like a, um, there wasn't a lot of fresh water to go around. Yeah, I saw the, that. they gave us. And that made me think, like, are they farming or not? Or, like, where's the food coming from? And I just think a scene, once again, I'm never going to knock independent filmmakers for for erring on the side of, like, restraint. I'm never going to knock them for that. But one scene that could have been added was maybe just a community scene um, Mm. of Mm -hmm. Tijan, like, walking through. Because I want to see what this – because to me – the life here, other than the fact that there's no water, right. doesn't look that bad. Like, it doesn't look, it looks like just a rural place, you know? Right. Like, yeah. I want to yeah. see some afflicted people at the farmer's market or, like, like you go through the farmer's market and all they have is wheat, <laughs> raw wheat. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, you know, one vegetable, one root vegetable, no fruit, right. like, you know? That would real Hunger Games style, like Peter and his yes. family. Peter, they only had bread. That's what they were selling, and uh, I forgot the white girl's name, but her family they was eating like porridge and stuff. That that was yes. that showed the class difference at least between the exiled people and the mainland. Yeah, yeah. Like I wanted to see more about that. Like what the like life and social structure on this little mm-hmm. island was because then that can help me understand what it is that needs to even be saved. Like clearly don't nobody right. want cracks, crazy ass running the streets with this damn whip. <laughs> oh, but I want to know concretely what is so wrong about this island. But I think I would have been much harsher on this movie. Had you not said exactly what you said in your opening thoughts, not your code mm-hmm. open in your opening <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> about the filmmaker saying that she just be creating and she just like it's just about putting a like putting a story together and telling yeah. it and, and you know collaborating to create so that makes sense mm-hmm. to me and i'm fine i'm not gonna nitpick about world building because it's fine like it it got a decent enough point across and i've learned more about uh traditional voodoo in watching this movie than right. i have any other time so mission okay. accomplished and I- think it too was kind of a smart choice because and a lot of times in these like dystopian society type movies a lot of the story gets lost into like what the main character is trying to attain in this whole grand world scheme and we never really get to see you know what they're working with back home even though it could have been built out more in this movie but we did get a good idea of Tijan uh who at least her and her grandmother are in their lineage and what she has to do and how she's supposed to save the you know three different people we come in contact with on their separate island so that's really all i have for it i like i said this was you know i'm there was a few things missing in the movie but overall i enjoyed i i enjoyed it out of curiosity and yeah. out of just liking to see the actors be great Sammy, i do i'm i'm going to see if i can go um get this book on libby or something cuz i want to see the differences between that and how it translated to the screen and i wholeheartedly agree look if a network wants to pick up 
uh, this into a series, I think it'd be a great TV series and it'd give them more to work with and explore. So mm-hmm. shout out, check out Brown Girl Begins and let us know, you know, what you guys thought on your watch. Yeah. Oh, man, Sydney, y'all give us some time because it won't be long before we review a movie and we go, you know what? We going to do it. Let's make it to a TV show. Let's <laughs> call <Right>. them up. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. CW? Yeah. <laughs> I have something for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sydney. We got we talked about the scenes, we talked about the movie. I got to ask you an important question. Who came to act? I'm so glad you've asked this week. Uh and it wasn't that difficult, honestly. Uh it wasn't a huge cast, so that always makes my decision a lot easier. But um, this week's pick, I really hope to see more from this actor. Um, I think I'll just go out and say I would like to nominate uh, Mona Traore for this week's Who Came to Act nominee, the lead character, Tijon. Uh, Even though there were some things missing in the writing, I was really invested in her with Tijon's journey in general. I think a lot of that came from uh, just Mona's acting. uh, And I also... She was cool to look at on screen. I want to see her in some other, like, black girl fun stuff, you know? Because you know what I love is supporting other black girls out here killing it. You know, team up with Lovey Simone or somebody, one of our other faves from mm-hmm. the show. Do some real cool, like, witch shit. Because Lovey seems like she would be really cool in a witchy movie. <laughs> yeah, she actually and does seem like she would. <laughs> doesn't she? So, I, just a suggestion, Mona. Not, you know, obligated to do. But looking forward to see you work more, uh, and checking you out. So, yeah. yeah. Mona, you won this week. Wow. I I fully agree with that nomination. I, she did awesome. And she's a beautiful woman. So keep doing your thing, girl. And I hate to do it two weeks in a row. I don't hate to. But <laughs> I would like to offer a runner-up. Please. Nigel Sean Williams. The yeah, man who Papa. played Papa Legba nailed it. He did great. He did. He did, because he was scary as hell. I'm sure he wasn't supposed to be scary, but, you know. <laughs> the hell, you keep popping up. No, yeah, He did great. awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, as y'all know, um, I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else, Sid? No, uh, that's it for this week. Oh, just shout out to the writer-director, Sharon Lewis. Keep making stuff that you're passionate about. Want to see some more stuff from you and uh yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, you absolutely. I right. well, I'm out then. All right, peace. Thanks for listening. To join in on the conversation, meet us in the Twitter streets at TNCC Pod or over on Instagram at New Chitlin Circuit. Spelled C-H-I-T-L-I-N. And to keep up with our latest visit our website at thenewchitlincircuit.com. Joe Goofy ass. <laughs> oh my God. That literally sounds like how all those songs in the Brandy Cinderella were composed. Like all of those songs sound like that. <laughs> oh my God. That, I don't know. Now that's I- what they need to put on Netflix. <laughs> Disney Plus. It's a Disney movie. Yeah. What, what is Disney y'all waiting on? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Uh, they playing. That's racism right there. They playing. That's crazy. That was good. Oh, no. First article came up is the cut. 
uh, September 2020. Why isn't Brandy's Black Cinderella on Disney Plus or Netflix? Exactly. Strong Black mm. Lead is slipping. <laughs> slipping. Mm. Wig is showing. Right. All right. There's <laughs> <laughs> going to be so much for me to edit in this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's my own fault because we're tired yeah. and we're just trying to have some fun here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 